This episode of the Astro Powder Podcast is brought to you by Gamer. Whether you're the shop manager, system engineer, or powder coder, once you decide to make Gamma an integral part of your shop, you'll understand how simple it is to be so productive. For a demonstration, call 877-437-6771. Once again, that's 877-437-6771. And be sure to mention, Ask Joe sent me. When you want to know that everything is covered, complete it with Gamma. Hello, all you powder coating fans, and welcome to episode number twenty one of the Ask Joe Powder. Podcast. Thanks for taking time to join us. We really appreciate your support. I'm your host and birthday boy, Joe Powder, aka Kevin Miller, and with me is my esteemed colleague, sidekick, and the powder coating industry's cool hand, Luke Nathan. He's Powder Coating Research Group's formulator dude. Hey. Before we get it rolling, I wanted to uh, give a special shout out to our host and birthday boy, Joe Powder, <laughs> aka Kevo, aka uh, Mr. B, powder coating dude, whatever you know him by. Um, those of you who don't know his background, he's been, you know, involved in the powder coating industry since the 1970s. <laughs> Jimmy Carter was president, <laughs> my friends. <laughs> yeah, so, but, you know, you've been, you know, started out formulating, you worked in manufacturing, wrote a book, write articles, and um, generally, you know, teaching new people about powder coating technology, and you've just always been an advocate for the technology. So, I just wanted to say, happy birthday, and wish you a good one. Uh, you should drink a whole bunch of beer after this. Sounds great. Thanks. I really appreciate that. That's Happy birthday, nice. Kevo. Hey, thanks, you guys. Should oh. we get sued by Warner Brothers? Happy birthday to you. <laughs> oh, shucks. All right. Well, we're broadcasting from the Powder Coating Research Group Studios in Columbus, Ohio. And so, you know, the purpose of the Ask Joe Powder podcast is to bring news and technical know-how to the global powder coating community. What do you have to say? Well, before we get rolling like to give a shout out shout out to key finishes and my entrepreneurial friends robert johnson todd powers and jim mccurdy uh, these are guys i've known in the industry since way back when and about i'd say about seven years ago plus or minus uh, they recognized a need in the industry that was uh, kind of being somewhat unmet and they built their own company from the ground up they are specialists in powder bonding technology and basically they take powder coating materials bases in these cases from powder manufacturers and they incorporate special effect pigments like aluminum or aluminium depending where you're coming from uh, pearlescence micas uh, and, and other types of 
special effect flakes, and they uh, fix them onto your powder particles, which make them much more usable um, in your application systems. The key here is that you can actually collect and reclaim them and still get the same appearance. So hats off to my friends. You guys have done a great job, and uh, we wish the best for you in 2021 for you and your business. Okay, let's have some news in our Guess What segment. Guess What? All right, from uh, PCI Magazine, they report Axo Nobel is providing powder coatings for uh, water pipeline in China. There's a major infrastructure project in Guangdong province. Axo Nobel's Resicote R2 coatings have been approved for basically a massive water resource allocation project. Their coating is designed specifically for the drinking water industry. So not only is it safe um, chemically, it also has high density, high hardness, good abrasion resistance, corrosion resistance, adhesion, all of those sort of properties that help to prolong the life cycle of a pipeline. Our second article is from PPCJ, another Axo Nobel piece of news. They opened a new R&D lab dedicated to low-cure powder coatings. This is at their site in Como, Italy. We've spent a lot of time on this podcast talking about uh, low-temperature cure, and it seems to be the focus of most of the big uh, R&D efforts from the bigger powder coating companies right now. But this is interesting. They have a, the new R&D facility is going to focus on low cure powder for use on heat sensitive substrates, such as MDF, plywood, thermoplastics, and composites. The Como site is Axo Nobel's biggest plant in Europe for producing powder coatings. So they're increasing the capacity as well as adding this R&D lab. The center will focus on developing a variety of different low-cure solutions, though. That includes low-bake, UV, and ultra-low-bake powder coating technologies. You know, one thing about, uh, you know, you mentioned that they're in uh, Como, Italy, and I've been fortunate enough to, in my travels to, to stop in Como a few times, uh, most recently in 2019, uh, before all this COVID nonsense, and uh, Tell you what, my powder coating friends, that is one of the most beautiful places in the world. Hmm. It's nestled in the foothills of the Alps. I think they're, they're the Dolomites there. Beautiful lake, you know, right at the, the base of the Alps. And, uh, you know, it's kind of funny. Um, had dinner there and people said, hey, you might want to look out because George Clooney hangs out there. <laughs> Apparently he's got, got a, a villa there. But, um, yeah, Como's a gorgeous place. But hats off to Axo. It's... Uh, Nice to see people promoting new technology and powder. Okay, and here's one from PPCJ. Clarient is expanding a pigments laboratory for the African market. Clarient Pigments is expanding their new state-of-the-art pigments laboratory near Johannesburg in South Africa. 
the new facility is going to service the Middle East and Africa paints and coatings market. You know, the cool thing about this, Nate, um, you know, we've got some friends that are you know, developing, you know, industrial products in Kenya. And one of the biggest problems they have in the African content is lack of resources. In the coatings industry, they're still in its uh, kind of uh, its infancy, you know, technically and, and certainly volume-wise. So, you know, this is really, I think, uh, encouraging to see a major chemical producer, in this case for pigments, which are integral to, you know, powder powder and any kind of coatings technology. Uh, they made an investment in, in South Africa. I know it's not next door to Kenya, but uh, they'll be able to serve the African market with technology and understandings of other regions and everything. And I think uh, that's, that's a wonderful development. It's it's good to see. Okay. Well, it's time now for our Q&A portion of our podcast. Do you have a question? Ask Joe Powder. Well, you can ask him. Ask Joe Powder. He has the answer. That'll advance your powder coating. It's the Ask Joe Powder podcast. Well, speaking of our friends in Kenya, this uh, question here comes from Tony Chamberlain, senior product designer for Burn Manufacturing, which is the aforementioned coatings uh, shop there in uh, Africa. Tony says, Joe, I wonder if you might have some time for an email question. We're working out a game plan for powder coating for LPG stove. As part of this, we're looking at what changes will be needed to our current line to apply it correctly. Specifically, what pretreatment would you recommend? I think we know that an iron phosphate step will likely be needed. Are there unique steps for different powders? For instance, a polyester, epoxy, polyurethane, PTFE, etc. These parts will be laser cut CRCA steel. Could these different coatings use the same pretreatment process? As you might guess, to keep costs down, we need to find a moderate pretreatment approach that's not the full 21 step gold standard process that I've heard about. Hopefully, this is not too much to address in an email. Maybe you could address it on the podcast. Okay. Hey, Tony, thanks for the question, and, and I'm always happy to help you guys. Uh, you're doing such a great uh, great job for uh, improving the lives of many people. Um, so let's kind of break it down. Um, for cold-rolled steel, as, as you mentioned, the CRCA steel, um, what you're going to want to have is a decent cleaner followed by an iron phosphate pretreatment. Um, you know, the cleaning step can either be something pretty basic like a, a solvent wipe. You might want to use acetone, acetone. Um, or, or maybe even aqueous detergent solution, maybe a you know, hot, hot detergent solution, maybe scrubbing it, you know, manually. Or it could be chemical in nature. In this case, it would be, you know, an alkaline cleaner from a chemical supplier. And what I would recommend with that type of um, um, step in your cleaning uh, pretreatment system, I would I would recommend a manual spray wand, you know, with a fair you know medium or moderate degree of uh, pressure. Um, the reason for this, uh, for the cleaning step, is you need very clean metal for the subsequent stage, the phosphating, to work. So. Clean, clean the metal, either with solvent 
or detergent um, or uh, alkaline cleaner. And then if, you, if, if you're using something aqueous like the detergent or, or the alkaline cleaner, you would need a rinse. You know, if, it was doing, if you're doing a job just with solvent wiping, uh, you obviously are not going to need a water rinse. Um, you're just going to need clean rags so you don't get yourself in trouble with, uh, you know, contaminating the surface. Next, I would follow that process with a well-controlled iron phosphate, which would then be uh, followed by a drying process, which, you know, could be compressed air, an oven, you know, hot air, whatever. Um, you know, you have to kind of look at what resources you have available. Now, you mentioned laser-cut edges, and... Uh, Tony, these can be trouble, as they're almost impossible to get paint to adhere to. Um, people, they're, they're, there's two different solutions. So people either use an inert gas laser setup, so you minimize the oxidation of that laser cut edge. Um, if you don't go this route, then you're, you're, you're stuck with um, either physically a braiding the laser cut edge, and this would, you know, be with you know, a grinding wheel or something. Um, or in some cases, you can use a very strong organic acid edge, which difficult to handle. Um, it's not so good for worker exposure. So uh, anyway, keep all these things in, in mind. You mentioned different coatings, and would they work, would they call for different pretreatment? You know, that's a good question. As far as chemistries go, epoxies or epoxy-containing powder coatings like epoxy polyester, a.k.a. hybrids, these have the best potential to get adhesion to steel that's just clean and not phosphated. So, yes, you know, it, it does make a difference. If you're going with a polyester or polyurethane, I, I would highly recommend that you do the phosphating step. Um, Another thing you may want to consider um, if you don't do the phosphating step, regardless of what type of powder, you may want to roughen the surface either with a, uh, you know, a, an abrading wire wheel or maybe a media blast. So that's, uh, that's kind of what I see your options for for this, uh, this LPG stove that you guys are developing. So um, if you have any further questions, get back to me. Um, if you'd like to set up a call, be very happy to. Best regards, Joe. Okay, guys, it's time for a word from our sponsors. Gama's Optiflex Pro Manual Gun uses PowerBoost technology, which gives you the industry's highest charging power at 110,000 volts and 110 microamps, allowing for faster and more efficient powder coating. We're handing you more power, more quality, and more control. For a demonstration, call 877-437-6771. Once again, that's 877-437-6771. And be sure to mention, Ask Joe sent me. When you want to know that everything is covered, complete it with GEMA. The Powder Coating Research Group is a proud sponsor of the Ask Joe Powder Podcast. PCR is the only independent laboratory dedicated to powder coating technology. We do everything from raw material evaluation, formulating the next generation of coatings, new product development, 
testing, troubleshooting, training, and consulting. To find out more, visit our website at powdercoatingresearch.com or you can email Kevin Biller at kevinbiller at yahoo.com. Thanks for listening to the Astro Powder Podcast. We're back. Okay, and Tony responded to the initial answer, and here's his follow-up question. Tony says, Joe, this is great. Thanks again for your input. There was one smaller subject that I didn't have time to bring up. In addition to powder coating, we have also been looking into pre-coated galvalume sheet. What I wanted to ask was your general impression of pre-coated sheets versus powder coating. Of course, there are many types of pre-coat, so this might be a large subject. In general, from what I've seen, pre-coat tends to be significantly thinner and not as durable. We have one polyurethane pre-coat that was suggested by a supplier, but the hardness rating was an F, which seemed quite low compared to powder coatings. What do you think? You know, it's an excellent question, Tony, and it really looks like you're covering your bases as far as options for coatings for this uh this new appliance that you guys are developing. Um, pre-coat, uh, pre-coat metal is uh, what they typically call the process is coil coating. Mm-hmm. So the coils of, of metal, steel, or in some taste cases, aluminum, are coated and then rolled back up into a coil and uh, then you know, delivered to the, to the fabrication shop to be to be processed. You mentioned that this stuff seems pretty thin. Yes, it will be. And the hardness rating is an F pencil, which is low, and yes, it is. Um, reason for that is um, when when people use pre-coated metal, um, it requires post-forming. So you get your coated metal, and then you have to go through a number of processes to make your item. So anyway... Um, to be flexible, a lot of times things have to be on the softer side. Yeah, and in a lot of cases, the if something's flexible, it's not hard, and if it's hard, it's not flexible. Those tend to be kind of counter to one another. They're trade-offs. It's a matter of physics. Yeah. So, yeah, excellent point. Here's the way I would look at it, Tony. Number one question. Does the coating meet your requirements for the intended use and for this it's a it's a cook stove uh, cabinet or you know base um, and you know is it going to have the heat resistance does it have the um, abrasion resistance for multiple cleaning um, does it have good adhesion um, you know does it have good edge well won't have good edge coverage anyway the number one question is does the coating meet your requirements because if it doesn't all bets are off. You move on to the you know move on to powder coating. The next question, and I was kind of alluding to this, but will the coated sheet, the pre-coated metal, withstand your fabrication processes? And think about it. You get um, the steel delivered in sheets or in a coil. You know, will it withstand shearing, punching, bending, drying, etc. for for your parts without you know Scratching, marring, cracking, breaking. Um, so that's that's a big 
question. If it does not, you may have to modify your fabrication process, which means you may have to change your dies to a different type of die. Uh, you may have to have softer presses and brakes and things like that to accommodate the coating. Otherwise, you know, you'll damage it. So, okay. One other item, and, and, and just think about it. You get a coated sheet of metal, you cut it, you, you punch it, maybe drill some holes in it, whatever. You do your fabrication bending. You're going to have cut edges. So the question then is, are these cut edges going to affect the performance of your unit when it's in the field? You know, that's going to be uh, a site for corrosion. It could be a site for, um, you know, loss of adhesion. Um, so the question remains, like, how would you deal with that? Would you have a post-coating a post or sealing um, process that you'd have to uh, incorporate to uh, mitigate that issue? It, it, it kind of in, in, in summary, pre-coated metal is a good idea when it works. And it is very commonly used to, for things like building facades, you know, siding components, metal cabinetry, uh, refrigerator doors, and, and many more uh, end uses. So it does work under the right conditions for, you know, certain end uses. Um, but anyway, uh, let me know if you have any other thoughts and ideas. Be happy to help you. Best regards, Joe. Okay, before we wrap up, we're going to fill you in on some upcoming events. Hey, friends, where are we going? To an upcoming event. Okay, and the list is about the same as last time, the Powder Coating Week. That's the Powder Coating Institute's uh, series of related powder coating events uh, that takes place in Orlando that's happening in April the paint and coatings show in Barcelona Spain that's the first and second of June 2021 the Eastern coating show in Atlantic City New Jersey that's the 9th through 11th of June 2021 the European coating show in Nuremberg Germany is September 14th through 16th of 2021 uh, I wanted to mention we. I think we brought up the American Coding Show on the last episode and confirmed that that's happening in 2022 in April. And then the Powder Coding Summit right here in Columbus, Ohio. That's the 22nd and 23rd of September, 2021. And then the 28th through 30th of September is Abra Fadi. That's the Brazilian International Coating Show. One other thing to mention, you know, you, you, you mentioned the Powder Coating Summit, the 22nd and 23rd of September. The two days before that, which would be the 20th and 21st, um, we're going to have a Powder Coating Kitchen Formulators course. And this will be the debut of our Powder Coating Kitchen 2.0 so it's going to be advanced formulating techniques, and we're really looking forward to uh, um, teaching uh, the the industry some more of these, some more sophisticated formulation techniques. So um, we'll we'll have more information in upcoming. Yeah, we'll podcasts. talk more about the kitchen because I think we'll probably want to be scheduling another version of the the intro or you know the 1.0 
version of the course. And then, yeah, this 2.01 for people that might be already familiar with what, you know, the basic things that go into a powder coating and how to put them together. Yeah. So we'll have more more for that uh, next podcast. Okay. Um, before we, we finish up, um, just to let you know, you can catch the Ask Joe Powder Q&A uh, column in print and on the, on the websites of Powder Coated Tough Magazine, which is the flagship of the Powder Coating Institute, um, PPCJ, which is Polymers Paint and Color Journal. Um, it's on their website and also in their print um, edition of their magazine. Um, you can also find it in PCI Magazine, Paint and Coatings Industry, uh, on their website under their Finishing Flash tab. All right, you can find us online at askjoepowder.com. You can subscribe to the podcast on any of the normal platforms that you listen to your podcasts. You can find us on Twitter, it's aka Joe Powder. We have a YouTube channel that doesn't have much on it, but you know, we might start putting the podcasts on there eventually. Or we might make some instructional videos, so keep an eye, subscribe, and keep an eye out for new content on there. If you want to send in a question, the email address is askjoepowder at yahoo.com, or you can call and leave us a message at country code 1-478-2-ASK-JOE. That's 1-478-227-5563. This has been a production of the Powder Coating Research Group. And thanks to Nick over there on the recording equipment and the original music. Be sure to drink your Ovaltine? What? A crummy commercial? (laughs) Keep your powder dry, my friends. Thank you for listening to the Ash Joe Powder Podcast. This episode was brought to you by GAMA. GAMA powder coating systems offer you greater efficiencies while producing high-quality results. We provide the very best in powder delivery, application technology, and connectivity for smarter factory automation. With GAMA, you get maximum performance and repeatability whether you are on the shop floor or away from it. For a demonstration, call 877-437-6771. Once again, that's 877-437-6771. And be sure to mention, Ask Joe sent me. When you want to know that everything is covered, complete it with GAMA. I'm your host, Joe Powder, a.k.a. The guy who didn't turn his phone on. Bases in these cases, base 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 bases in these